0: Welcome to the American Dad podcast. Woo! Today we are discussing the third best episode of season three. Yeah. Which is
1: <laughs> after school special. Yeah, after school special one. Oh, this, that was nice. Applause yeah.
2: sound effect.
0: This episode, <laughs> we chose this episode because we probably watched it the most out of any episode of this season.
1: Yeah, we've seen it
2: a
0: lot.
1: There's some really.
0: At least 30 times.
1: (laughs) There's some good stuff in there.
2: About this episode, really. Just just captured our imagination.
0: And I remember the first several times, maybe the first 10 times that we watched it, we couldn't remember that Stan was hallucinating. (laughs) We're like, are they sabotaging him or.
3: that was close. Hand me the syringe of lard. This'll fatten him up.
1: Oh, it still confuses me a little bit when I'm like, "Why are they?
0: I don't or is it, it in his head? No. Um, and it's also one of the best, if not the best, relationships that Steve is ever in.
4: Oh, I love mm. your chunky lips. Mm. Mm.
0: And it's possibly the first time that we see Roger seriously infatuated with somebody.
4: Oh, my Debbie. That should be me. But you don't know you're cheating on me yet, so I
1: forgive you. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to think if he's had any crushes on Haley up to this point.
0: Mm, I don't think so.
2: Not legitimate ones. He does pit. fakes it. Yeah, he he Mm. fakes it and pits Francine and Haley against each other, but he doesn't legitimately like.
0: Right. All right, then. Roger has a love (laughs) sick. No, I won't
3: hold you back now. Okay. Oh,
2: nice.
0: So, A plot, B plot.
3: Kalalo, dramatic sting!
2: That was terrible. A plot is Steve gets a fat girlfriend and Stan hates it so much that he becomes anorexic.
3: You brought fat into our house. Hmm.
2: And the B plot is Steve breaks up to save Stan's mental health. And then Roger seizes the opportunity to squeeze Debbie's exquisite back fat.
1: That's gross. It's a gross way of putting that.
0: Did you think about that as the reason that he's like, you look like you could use a little rub-a-dub yeah.
1: to let's, let's stop it. to just squeezing it. I don't want to talk about exquisite back bath.
4: Squeezing it at the buffet. <laughs> Toby and Debra, <laughs> they are dead now.
0: <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. Forget about me, you big, beautiful creature.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice call back.
0: Okay, on to a award show. And the winner is... This week we're giving out the award for Roger's Squirt Squirt Best Best Episode.
4: Squirt Squirt Best Best. Roger's
1: mm. Best Episode of Season 3.
0: And the nominees are... <laughs> uh, joint custody for Roger as super high bounty hunter Horse Renoir.
4: Horse Renoir. Some say the hell spawn of a prostitute and a whore. Others say... Shut up! Rude.
2: At the abusive terrestrial, Roger as an abused housewife.
4: Have to teach you a lesson. <laughs>
1: and dungeons and wagons for Roger as Stan's hype man slash partner in crime.
4: I realized how we could get the money. Yes to these, Stan. Yes to these. Florence!
1: And the winner is. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> And the
0: winner is AT the Abusive Terrestrial. Yay. Yeah. For Roger as an Abused Housewife. Yay. Yeah. An episode that we've already covered. It's a controversial decision, I know, because people love joint custody so much and they love Roger as a high.
4: Where, we, where are we going to get that
1: type of cash? But it was because he was high, he was disqualified for performance enhancing drugs. <laughs>
2: And I'll say, Dungeons and Waggons does not make the top five. But I was arguing for a number five spot for Dungeons and Waggons. I personally like the episode.
0: But that episode is the one where you have Roger laying in bed playing. No, I won't
1: hold you back now. It Stan is. Thing
0: comes up at night.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorite little snippets.
2: And when he rolls over, you can see his butt crack. Yeah,
0: yeah. he's very voluptuous. <laughs> He's been waiting for this moment.
1: <laughs> okay, here we go. I knew it was only a matter of time.
0: <laughs> but when it's not him, he's fine with it. He's
1: very supportive. Yeah, he goes, yeah, really rolls with the punches, which does not seem like Roger. Shoot him, shoot him.
4: <laughs> shoot him, shoot him in the face.
1: <laughs> Big winner, Roger's best episode.
0: Is the abusive trust because... It's hilarious to see Roger in an abusive relationship.
4: Roger never wants to see you again. Hi, Henry.
0: I will say that Roger in joint custody is more of the future Roger where he's definitely in a persona. He's 100% committed Mm -hmm. versus AT. It blurs the lines because it just seems like Roger. He is playing character, but it's not a persona.
2: It doesn't have a name. Yeah. (laughs) Or an outfit.
0: We'll talk about That more probably as time goes on, the difference between a persona for Roger and just
2: Roger Band Crazy.
0: Maybe.
1: Oh, that's a good call.
0: All right.
2: Award show over.
0: (laughs) Next up is
3: a box of flip flops so the girls can dance.
0: Which is basically just
3: small details that ultimately made it the most beautiful day of my life.
0: So my box of flip flops is the vitamin store at the mall. Stan is standing in front of the When he hallucinates meeting Zach for the first time.
3: Hey, bro, I couldn't help noticing you're kind of fat and pathetic. And you're kind of perfect and scrumptious. What's your point?
0: And the store is called Was (laughs) Supplements.
1: Oh, I never got that.
0: Yeah. And the sign in front says, imported diet pills get thin and blind. (laughs) So it's possible he's there looking really sad. It's possible that he just went in there, took the imported diet pills, and that's when he starts hallucinating. Zach, and starts his whole breakdown, his mental breakdown.
1: As Many times, I could have watched this episode every day of my life and never (laughs) thought about that.
0: I know. Before I had, Paul does not understand what box of flip-flops is. (laughs) No,
1: I don't. I thought I had. You were just
0: like, (laughs) it is supposed to be something that is a small detail. You're not necessarily meant to catch it, but if you went back and you looked really hard, you could notice it.
1: I had... Some lovely small details. No,
0: you didn't, you idiot. You have. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought I had one. Like, you
0: had like, Steve laughed like
1: this. I, I really did. And <laughs> like, not. Klaus looked like a big popsicle.
0: Okay, what's your box of flip flops that I gave you, Mom?
1: My box of flip flops that have been graciously supplied to me. <laughs> Is that the icy cold machine that Stan is talking to Veronica in front of looks like a splooging penis.
3: <laughs> but I don't want to eat. I hate food. Don't sweat
0: it. I've got a few tricks I can teach you. Speaking of penises, if you haven't watched Plebes, I don't know where you would find it. Maybe Hulu. Hulu? Maybe maybe Hulu, maybe Netflix. Seems more like a Hulu show. Yeah, I don't think it's on Netflix. Plebes is a good British comedy about ancient Rome.
1: I do not look like an erect penis. Ooh, I don't know,
4: Waterboy, you are a bit of a prick. <laughs> I do not fuck the homeless warm. Well, good. You think they've suffered enough? I am not going to finger myself. Good for you, Waterboy. Fight that urge.
1: No. I saw a story. I think it is what Seth it? Rogen that's uh, going to develop it for America. <gasps> oh, it's going to be bad.
2: Yeah. But maybe.
0: I could imagine Seth Rogen being in Plebes.
2: Yeah, they should put him in there somewhere.
0: I think he would be funny in a yeah, toga. Yeah, he could help. Just Harry.
2: Yeah, gross. Okay. But they should just put Michael Sarah in it. Just oh, my boom. God. It's too much.
0: Michael Sarah. I don't know, though. If I think he would be funny as the slave, even though he kind of looks like the lead.
1: I, it would be really hard for me not to make him the lead of that show.
0: I don't know if he can carry it.
1: Maybe he can't, but Sorry. there's only one way to find out.
2: I mean, Sorry, Michelle seen, said should. Ah. There's some stuff that I've seen Michael Sarah. Like in his sort Element. of, e- whenever he's just being himself, or like in an interview or something, that makes me think he's like some sort of comic genius. Mm-hmm. He just seems like outrageously funny. I like guess impossible. he might be. A,
0: it might be a waste, but I will say also that the slave, the Groomio character, requires a good deal of skill. Mm-hmm. We'll cast this later.
2: We'll be. Next we'll our, our
0: sleepover.
2: That. Next podcast, we'll have we'll have our picks. And we'll hand those over to Seth Rogen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's your box of flip-flops?
2: Mine is the exploding collar that Stan puts on Steve is a reference to the Japanese horror movie Battle Royale. If you don't
3: ask Debbie out in 24 hours, the collar will sense your stress level and blow up.
2: Where they wear collars that self-destruct unless they fight each other to the death, which is also similar to that uh, movie with... Oh, what's her name? Hunger Hunger Games? Games. Hunger Hunger Games Games. was
0: based on Battle Royale, or at least... Uh, a good part of it, I guess. It's
2: basically yeah. the same She exact admitted concept. that it was
0: a reference, or not a reference. Rip off. But, uh, <laughs> she admitted that it was a direct ripoff and will not <laughs> pay them any money.
2: That
1: was a box of flip-flops supplied by Paul.
0: That's not a box of flip-flops, though. In the tradi- most traditional sense, that's not a box of flip-flops. That's more of a doing research, but let's not nitpick. Listen here.
1: Our Cannon listeners fodder. are way too high to care.
0: Cannon fodder is our next segment.
4: Stan. This is a high-five truth.
1: Boom.
0: My cannon fodder, and this is a nice one, Paul. You're going (laughs) to enjoy this. Nice. I realized that the Smiths might live on the wrong side of the tracks.
1: Yeah. Of course they can, or they are.
0: No, Paul. Their house is very nice. Their neighborhood is very nice. Wrong side
1: of the house with Francine not working, not contributing.
0: Okay, so... Shut up, you never noticed this. (laughs) Um, When Steve is running with the exploding neck collar, Mm -hmm. he has to stop because there's a circus train going by.
3: (gasps) Oh boy, the circus is coming to town. And I'm going to die.
0: That's more of a box of flip-flops. A cute little train with the lion in the back. Anyway, on the side that he's on, there's a liquor store. Mm Mm-hmm. And when he gets to Debbie's house, her house is much nicer mm. by comparison. Go back and look at it. Her house is a lot nicer than Steve's. And I think that we've said before, or they've stated before, that Stan has been jealous of other people's houses and how big and nice they were. Yeah. So it seems like he's from the wrong side of the tracks. They live in a generally affluent area, but they're like more middle class.
1: Yeah, it was incredibly hard for them to get in the parade of homes. Yeah.
2: My cannon fodder is they have a panic room with closed circuit TV that covers the entire house. And apparently it doesn't lock because (laughs) Roger just walks right in.
4: So what are we panicking about? Is there another new Pope?
2: And it looks like it's adjacent to the kitchen.
0: Right. It's sometimes the bathroom, sometimes the panic room.
1: There's so many rooms that are adjacent to that kitchen. I can't keep track of it. My piece of cannon fodder so the girls can dance. is that Stan can place large items in his mouth and remove them later, undigested.
3: Stan, you're eating so well. Let's just say I learned a lot from my new friend Veronica.
2: Blech. They didn't think it was suspicious that he was swallowing pieces of pizza whole.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, biggest
4: laugh. <laughs>
1: my biggest laugh is that <laughs> All right, I got to try this again because this is funny to me just thinking about it. <laughs> my biggest laugh is Stan working out to Let's Hear It For The Boy. Yeah, it's my favorite part of the episode. Right. It's what keeps you coming back, him in his sweatpants.
0: That is, a, yeah, It's a super iconic moment for the entire <laughs> series for me. And <laughs> The fact that they keep it going after he shoots the food, (laughs) which is something that you would think Stan was past now, is shooting things in the house.
3: Die, calories, die!
0: And then right back to... (laughs) it.
2: Klaus is freaked out by (laughs) Stan, so he must be freaky skinny. In reality at that point
4: you're freaking me out sit down and eat you're
0: freaking me out <laughs> sit down and eat also klaus was used to very good effect in this episode yeah i mean he has his little moment in the panic room where he's like talking about his fish stick and he's got his little flippers and <laughs> yeah, it's
3: really
2: they're, cute.
4: they're
0: clapping together
4: I- i'm kind of
2: running out the fish
4: stick
3: <gasps> oh and just like that i'm
0: back that's another box of flip-flops that's a box of flip-flops paul
1: Boom, you're roasted.
0: Right. Um, and him being basically like the family dog that Stan keeps feeding. Mm-hmm. Klaus did a good job in this episode of not just being in the way.
1: That's a good fish.
2: Good fish. My biggest laugh is when Stan is basically thanking Veronica for the technique that he learned. And he says, Veronica, you fat bitch.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, Veronica, you fat bitch.
0: Thank you, Veronica, you fat bitch.
1: Thank you, Veronica, you fat bitch. There we go, everyone
2: said it, everyone's equal.
0: Everybody likes to say
1: it. It's really funny. It's but just I like
2: that he, in his mind, he still thinks Veronica's too fat. <laughs> right,
0: you don't know when you're seeing something from Stan's perspective or reality. You never see Veronica from his perspective. How must his family look to him? Mm. I also like the running joke of him telling Haley, basically putting her down for not wearing makeup.
3: <laughs> It'll be nice to have a pretty girl around the house for a change. I, I meant a, a pretty younger girl. Don't get mad at me. It's called makeup. I know, I know.
1: She, she won't wear makeup.
3: My daughter, Haley. I know, I know, but she won't wear makeup.
0: <laughs> and then at the very end of the episode, she's
2: wearing makeup. He's like,
3: Haley, are you wearing makeup? You look like a whore. <laughs>
2: That's her C plot.
0: Yeah. So my biggest laugh is when Francine is drowning in her food graveyard.
4: just moved the food. Why? Why?
0: In the pool. It's funny whenever
2: she's like doggy paddling yeah. away from yeah. the food.
0: She's slapping it. She's slapping the ham. We'll have to talk about the scene later in doing research.
1: Oh, okay. About to say, like, why don't we just talk about it now? Later.
0: Roger's best moment.
4: Clack, clack, best, best. Get ready my Tommy is your nest cuz I'm stepping in the
0: best ah Yes So when Roger is spying on just Steve now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he has to be hiding in the closet like looking like ET amongst all the stuffed animals <laughs> which Steve has all of a sudden a tremendous amount of stuffed animals in his closet.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: An unattractive amount of stuffed animals, unless Roger just put them there, because I don't remember them being there when he's in the closet just spying on him and Debbie.
1: Oh, Roger's supply of stuffed animals.
0: Right, but Roger's hiding in the closet. He finds out that Steve breaks up with
4: Debbie, and he says the girl, The girl who loves to go to the market is now back on it. Soon she'll be mine. Debbie! (laughs) Oh, whose foot is that? paddington bear you randy bastard
1: i mean
2: my roger's best moment is right after roger loses debbie Mm -hmm. he says no no
4: (coughs) uh hi still waiting for breadsticks i asked like five times i don't know if this is your station
0: it's just like one of those passive aggressive moments that everybody has in restaurants That's like five times.
1: Yeah, you are immediately the boss of everyone when you go out.
0: Yeah, Paul, what's your Roger's
1: best moment? Yeah, my Roger's best moment is just Roger on his best date behavior at the buffet. (laughs) Excellent.
4: Reservations for two under Roger. We don't take reservations. Excellent.
1: I like your face. I like your
4: face. Uh, I thought we were here so you could interview me. I am, I am. So question one, on a scale of zero to Lestat, How cute
0: am I? I am, I am.
1: (laughs) This is so cute, he's got on his little frilly shirt and he's calling himself Roger.
0: Right, he's dressed like Lestat from the Anne Rice. Or just a frilly
1: shirt. Why can't we just call it a frilly shirt? How do
0: you not know? He's dressed like
1: Tom Cruise in- He's dressed like Brad Pitt. Interview with a vampire. He's dressed like Antonio Banderas.
4: Speaking of back rubs, you look like you could use a -a (laughs)
3: rub-a-dub-dub.
0: Refrigerator moments.
4: Okay.
3: Smith? Yeah? Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. You slept with my daughter. Wait a minute. That guy wasn't blind. He saw my gun. Damn it!
1: My refrigerator... I can't even say the word refrigerator. (laughs) My fridge moment is there's no way that Steve could jump up or pull himself up onto the lockers to sneak into that air vent.
3: Looks like Smith weaseled out of gym class again, Dad. I told you, here at school you call me Coach, Dipwad. (laughs) At the beginning of the episode. Yeah, at
1: the beginning of the episode. Also, how in the blue hell did Debbie get up there? How?
0: I assume that Debbie
1: used a ladder.
0: That she has another way since she's used to going up there.
2: Had a fatter friend push her up there. <laughs> that and also, she's... how is how well are these vents attached?
0: Yeah. Steve and Debbie just hanging above the gym at that point. It yeah. looks like they're pretty high up as yeah. well.
1: I'd be afraid to walk under there
0: but I guess part of the joke is supposed to be that he's willing to do so much to get out of gym. Mm.
4: Today is track. I hate running.
0: My refrigerator moment is that Haley is supposed to be the compassionate one mm-hmm. who's like, you can't be mean to fat people, but she's throwing the worst shade yeah. of anybody in the whole episode.
3: Proud of yourself for saying throw and shade. Where's Steve? Still caught in Debbie's gravitational pull?
4: That's so unfair, Dad. Overweight people have it hard enough being disgusting without you making fun of them.
2: They buy Garfield calendars and haagen Yeah,
0: she's pretty cruel. <laughs> she's relentless. <laughs> All right, potent quotables.
4: Steve, do you know who said, I can resist anything but temptation? Um, Jesus?
3: <laughs>
4: it was Oscar
3: Wilde. Oh, gosh. Hello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My potent quotable is Steve is in the panic room and Stan is freaking out that Debbie is bad. And Steve says, there's a lot more
3: to her than you think. You'd like Debbie if you got to know her, Dad. There's a lot more to her than you think. There's more of her?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's super funny, yeah. My best quote.
3: We found your food graveyard.
2: (gasps) Is when Stan says, I can explain.
3: Guys, I can explain. I was lying to you.
2: It's a good way to get out of something.
1: I'm going to start using that more often.
2: There's an easy explanation for this. I was lying to you.
0: Yeah, because you lie all the time, Paul, because you're a liar. I
1: am a liar, and this would make lying even more fun for me.
0: (laughs) You're a liar, empathetic, and alone in life and mean.
1: (laughs) Why'd that song have to come into this podcast? Okay, my potent (laughs) quotable. This one when Veronica says, look at her massive tic-tac thighs.
0: Another girl in the group is talking about how she was on vacation, so she had a second tic-tac.
3: So then I said, what the hell? I'm on vacation, and I had a second tic-tac.
4: You can totally tell. Look at her massive tic-tac
3: thighs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and as everybody knows, tic-tacs are one calorie. A one-calorie breath mint. Is it? Seriously? I think that's like a slogan. Oh. Okay, the more you know. Doing
4: research.
2: Research. So
3: much freaking research. So much freaking research.
0: Doing research. Francine going back to her being in the pool, her <laughs> drowning in the pool of food reference is is referencing poltergeist when Simone or is like a woman is <laughs> falls into a mud hole. She falls into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Something supernatural pushes her in there, and then she's surrounded by...
2: It's also raining.
0: Yeah, it's raining. Human skeletons start popping up because this house, it was built on top of a cemetery, and they just moved the tombstones and not the bodies. They just moved the headstones. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Fun fact, the skeletons that they used in Poltergeist unbeknownst to the woman who was acting with them for like four or five days, were real human skeletons that they got from some place that usually gives them to like med schools and stuff. And they used, they added stuff to them to make them look creepier. But ultimately it is very creepy and weird to be using human skeletons and you're just sitting in mud.
1: Oh no, had I found that out, They had, and like I was the actress, they had better have hoped I wouldn't find out till like 20 years later when everybody who made that decision is good and dead. Cause I would pitch a fit.
0: Because it was the cheapest option. (laughs) This was my cheap option. (laughs) And then, you know, then they were cursed. Allegedly, they were cursed.
2: But I'm sure that they, like, they got them clean and everything. It's not like. Their flesh, they added the rubber and all that stuff to I it. I
0: know, but I still think it's like, I don't know. It just seems disrespectful. There it
2: is.
1: It is disrespectful. Right? It's mean. I don't care how much they scrub it and put on a fancy toe ring on it. That's still a human skeleton. Yeah. They're-
0: you're like using it as a prop. That's exactly what you're doing. <laughs>
1: It was with the props department that day. Yeah,
0: we had to Snopes this because I didn't believe that they were real skeletons. Mm -hmm. But according to a lawsuit against Steven Spielberg or involving Steven Spielberg, they are real.
2: Yeah, someone said it under oath.
0: Yeah.
1: You did a bad thing, Mr. Spielberg. What's the difference
2: between that and a very accurate replica of a human skeleton? One of them was a
1: person. One of them went to Del Taco on a Tuesday. (laughs) It's
2: kind of like the Onion Talk where he's talking about having sex with a very realistic robot dog.
0: I think that it would be okay if...
2: What's what's the difference?
0: I think it would be okay if the person who donated their body to science had instead donated it to the props department.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be okay if they were all former actors. No. You know, if it's like Cary Grant's skeleton (laughs) and...
0: If they were like, I donate my skeleton to entertainment, but that's, that's not what they did. Well, yeah. I think
2: with entertainers, you can assume that they would want to be in a movie.
0: You know, I think that they take people's bodies that have been donated to science and then suck the collagen out of them. Gross. And then inject that into people's lips and stuff.
1: No, that is not what. I mean, when I say I donate my body to science. Yeah,
0: I know. That's like, it's, but it makes a lot of money for the med schools, I guess. So maybe that's why they do it.
2: Yeah, there's like a whole controversy. This is a little bit off topic, but there's a controversy around the amount of money that a dead body is worth. Right. And the fact that you can't sell. Your you can't, body. Right. You can't make money off of it. Even for your own family, you can't do it.
0: Yeah. it's fucked up. Yeah, it is.
1: You that's why you got
0: to be like, burn it to the ground. Yeah.
1: UCLA's fucking research department can make twenty grand selling the college in a Neutrogena.
0: Yeah, to
2: to the Beverly Hills Beverly <laughs> Uh
0: I wonder if they know that they have dead people ass right in.
1: Yeah, they can put my ass in Lisa Vanderpump's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Finally. <laughs>
2: Where it belongs.
0: Okay, what's your research?
2: My doing research is at the grave where Steve and Debbie are on a date mm-hmm. is for a man named Jin. And we believe this is a reference to Lost. There's a Jin character from Lost. He's a Korean American dad is animated by a bunch of Koreans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. At the so, time he would have been a huge, well, probably extremely well-known Korean American.
2: Oh,
1: yeah.
0: I don't even
2: know if he is. He would have definitely been the most famous J-I-N at the time in 2006.
0: I guess at the end of season one, which is when around about when they would have been writing this episode, Mm -hmm. at the end of season one, it's left on a cliffhanger whether Jen is living or dying, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. He's... He's like
0: diving to save somebody in water, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Reading the synopsis of it, it kind of reminds me of like Lord of the Flies Mm. where it's just what we trap a bunch of people on the island and they start acting like assholes. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that wasn't the point.
1: Uh, that's, That's about it.
0: Okay. What's your research, Paul?
1: My doing research is that Mr. Belvedere was a sitcom in the 80s about a butler that once worked for Winston Churchill but now works for a family in Pittsburgh. Oh. It's Mr. Belvedere.
2: So is the joke that he just thinks he's too good for this job? Yeah, that's the joke. That's the whole thing. He's like, I shouldn't be doing this. I I worked for Winston Churchill.
0: What it reminds me of is the spinoff in Dee's head during the episode of Always Sunny where she has to go undercover as a butler butler to (laughs) this family. (laughs) Our final thoughts. Dad
4: is gone, and we're not going home ever again.
1: Be kind to yourselves and Dad each other' is
0: gone. This episode is one of my favorite episodes. I mean, as far as it not making it higher in this season, it could be because we've worn it out,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like a a belt that doesn't, it's still, it was, it was a great belt. <laughs> we stretched it out. So.
2: There's a certain point where jokes start sort of landing flat for you because you've been overexposed to them.
0: Right. But I think that this is a near perfect episode. Yeah. I really, really love it. I love Stan and his delusion, but it's not like an over the top delusion. It's not like Stan on crack delusion.
2: I think it would make a handful of essential american dad episodes.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah it is really nice.
0: I love this episode with all my heart
1: and it only got 3rd place. So listen up to the next episode <laughs> to see what is better than this episode that's deep within Christy's heart. Right? Listen.
0: Listen. Oh my god. Okay, she's
1: singing now. This this will be my week until we record again. The
0: sound. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening and we will see you or you will hear from us next week remember that after this season there's gonna be a big ass break (laughs) prepare yourself mentally for that don't you dare unsubscribe for no reason
1: (laughs) oh my god i will flip out i don't know please don't unsubscribe people
2: seriously what's it to you
1: keep it right there bye Damn, I wish I had said that.